from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside a special episode of On the Board. I am Colby McKee. Across from me, Lance Dahl. Hello. And on the same microphone, Corey Vakaskis. I'm right beside you, bud. I'm <laughs> right beside you, Lance. We've got uh, four people nice. in the studio. You should have introduced us together. No, uh, We're a package deal today. Were, yeah. I said two guys, one microphone. So, <laughs> um, In studio, we have Tigers defenseman, former Tigers defenseman, and member of the 2007 WHL Championship team, Shane Brown hey, in studio. Hey, oh, yeah. yeah. We, oh, we made it happen. Me. Thank you that's, so much for coming in, buddy. Oh. Um, let's start with, uh, I guess, just generally your thoughts on uh, your playing days back in Medicine Hat. You played in the old arena and uh, a lot of memorable moments down there in uh, downtown Medicine Hat. Just give us your thoughts on, uh, on playing for uh, a pretty storied franchise and any memories of the old arena that come to mind? Well, I sure miss that place, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up, um, didn't really hear much about Medicine Hat. Uh, grew up kind of just west of Edmonton in a little town called Stony Plain. And uh, luckily enough, I was drafted fourth last pick in the Bantam draft. <laughs> uh, like, you know, I, I gave up on the Bantam draft. I said, no, I'm done. I'm not even looking at it. And then, yeah, I got a phone call that night and came down and uh, immediately as soon as I, I got down to Medicine Hat for training camp you could just tell that there was there was history with the team there was you know banners up in the in the stands and once you got into that rink you just you felt something special like you could feel the energy and there was zero people zero people on the ice that it just felt amazing um, I was luckily uh, or I was lucky enough that when I was 15 years old that I was able to make the team and right from the get-go you could just tell that this arena was amazing. The arena was just packed every night. You had people waiting for for tickets for, I can't even remember how long the wait. Uh, Hours sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I think even 1,500 people were on a waiting list for <laughs> right. tickets. Like, yeah. And so like... Just to hear stuff like that, you could tell that people were passionate. And uh, as soon as you, you, you know, when I made the team, as soon as they would have any meeting with you, they would always talk about tradition. They would always talk about what you need to bring and what's happened in the past. And yeah, I was just very, very fortunate to be able to play um, and have all those experiences that I had. And that was a big thing, though. Like when you came in, that was when the franchise kind of was rejuvenated and was really starting yeah. to turn back in the right direction because there were years before that weren't uh, exactly great years. There was a lot of losing that was happening mm -hmm. and you kind of came in at the time where the turn was kind of in full force mm -hmm. and a big part of that was Coach Willie Desjardins, now back obviously. Um, what was your experience playing uh, for Willie and, and just kind of seeing how he operated day to day for however many years in his first stint? Yeah, uh, like uh, Willie was by far the best coach I've ever had um, probably will ever get a meet and and talk to and I learned a lot when I was in Medicine Hat not just about hockey but just general life like well he would he would portray himself in just a fantastic way that you know he was very respectful to everybody he was very kind uh, no matter who he was talking to um, but even the way he treated his players was just outstanding um, like you could go and talk to him about anything. You could literally go up to him and talk to him about golf, and 
he'd talk to you for a long time about that and yeah like I remember coming in uh I think it was in the spring of 04 it was after the Bantam draft and every year they take the guys out to Cypress Hills yeah. and just going to Cypress Hills I remember there was Steve Marr there there was all these older guys that uh, were gonna play that year and you know you could just tell as soon as you got there even to hang out with those guys just the the type of uh team uh that will wanted and um yeah he just he wants he wants to get the best out of everybody he really does uh and he he does a lot of the time too but it's not like he's forcing it out of anybody uh you just know you when you're on the team you just want to respect them you just want to do good for them and um yeah it's it's pretty funny like <laughs> when we're on the bench in the game he's he's pretty intense if you've ever watched him right the one year uh as a gift at the end of the year he actually got a sideways rocking chair um, so <laughs> you can tell you can tell that he, yeah anyways when he's when he's on the bench he's really intense and i remember the there's one game i was playing forward and i wasn't really paying attention to who was coming off the ice and then all of a sudden i felt a foot in my back and he's like brady get out there go <laughs> i was like oh, okay <laughs> right he's he's just all into it he's He's a, he's just a, an amazing coach. Like he's, he'll do anything to win. He'll, yeah. Like he's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. And you talk about uh, filling a role for him, and mm-hmm. um, you know, doing whatever you can for the team. I mean, coming in at an early age. Um, I mean, I think you'll even characterize yourself as not exactly the most skilled player out there, <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> um, and playing forward, playing defense. You know. What was it like for you, especially in your 16, 17-year-old years, to uh, to be able to play under him mm-hmm. um, and, and the different roles that you had to, to fill? <laughs> so uh, when I – the first year I made the team, I, I actually didn't start at the Tigers training camp. I actually started up in Drayton Valley for the Junior A team, went through their whole training camp, and they had their meetings, and then the coach there said, yeah, you're never going to play a game of Junior A. You're not good enough nothing like that so <laughs> I went to Medicine Hat you know just like oh great this is awesome and I'm going to a WHL camp now and uh, I had a great camp and um, I, I eventually made the team but yeah I'm characterized or was characterized as uh, muffin hands I uh, couldn't shoot the puck really hard uh, cement legs um, grocery stick on the bench wow. you know like where you, the person that separates the forwards and defense that's the grocery stick <laughs> Uh, or I was always hanging out with Holfeld on the bench, just talking to him the whole time. Um, but yeah, just just that whole like that that was the year back in oh six oh seven when we went on the Mem Cup run. Um, that we lost Barker, we lost uh, Maxwell, we lost all of our good players or the players that were going to keep our team together. And I can't remember who wrote the article way back, but they said that this wasn't going to be our year. This is going to be. I don't know, sixth place finish and fans shouldn't get too excited. Wow. And then so we, I don't know what lit a fire under our butts or what, but yeah, we, we had a phenomenal year and that year is just, right, that Will would, yeah, he'd bake skate us some of the times, but it wasn't all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's, he's just amazing person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lance will love this. You had 172 <laughs> penalty minutes in your WHL career with the Tigers. Uh, we did an episode of Starters where we drafted our, 
our top Tigers of the decade, and uh, his team was full of goal scorers and guys who got penalty minutes. For the record, I would have took you if you no. made it into the last decade. That's you didn't right. play long enough, though, dude. Um, yeah. So wh- I guess, like, where did that style of play come from? Was that something that you you incorporated from your days in Drayton Valley and, you know, all the way through uh, Midget and whatnot? Or was it kind of like the, uh, the style of player the Tigers had back then with, with the guys like Benfeld and Baldwin and Isherwood? Like, the guys that were putting up triple digit penalty minutes it was a very tough blue line and it was almost like trial by fire to uh to fit in with those kind of guys yeah like growing up i i was never a goal scorer i'd be lucky if i got five goals i think even bantam triple a i think i got three goals total um i just prided or yeah i just really worked hard to not focus on the offense i was definitely a stay-at-home defenseman uh, if i got a point great if not whatever uh but I remember my first year when I was 16, I got like a plus 11, and that's I was just so pumped. I think I only got one assist or something. <laughs> but I, I really Can tried to confirm that. Yeah. The last oh, yeah. game of the season. The last, yeah, it was the last <laughs> game of the season. It was a chip off the glass even, too. I didn't even make a fancy play. It was just dump and chase and go change. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we our blue line, I, th- I think, um, back in the day, we were big, but we were also mobile. We'd block shots. we do a lot of the little things right uh you know like russ he was the guy that would go down the ice go on offense and if i was paired up with him i don't even think i made it over the red line into the zone <laughs> he was just gone right like yeah. um but yeah like i yeah i just would really pride myself from uh from a young age just to really care about playing defense more than anything and it's not all about the goals it's about the win in the end and we had guys like Ennis Helm that I know would score anyways, and that wasn't really my role. But there was never a time when they told me I'd have to go out there and get goals or else I'd be cut. And, um, you know, maybe uh, when I showed up, it was just the right time. And because I was by far not the best player on the ice, um, definitely tried my best every single night. And, um, yeah, it's it's a tough league to get into. Yes. It really is. Um, like... You think about it that uh, even all the guys that were drafted before me, uh, second, third round, never even made it to the WHL. It's It really comes down to luck. It really comes down to hard work. It really comes down to your opportunity. And I think I just got that perfect opportunity, and I was lucky enough to have it and kind of fit into the mold of everything. And, yeah, like my, my second year, like I was telling you guys, I – I think I played, I can't remember how many games that year, uh, but I played at least 45 games on as a forward. I wasn't even playing defense, and I wasn't even <laughs> a goal scorer, nothing. Um, but yeah, playing in those games, it's you just take the opportunity. You hop in when you can. You just do whatever the team needs, and yeah, and just keep playing, plugging away. I mean, you kind of, you also entered the league where there was this crossover, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean... There was the old style of hockey, like the Tigers will remember guys like Chris St. Jacques and, yeah. and Ryan Hallwig and Ben Thompson. And mm-hmm. then there was your kind of era that still had the tough guys, the Benfelds of the world and Gord Baldwins. I mean, you had a few pims like Colby had mentioned. <laughs> yeah. But then there was also guys like Tyler Ennis and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. And so now... Naturally, the progression, the game has changed over the past decade to the point mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's it's a speed and skill game for the most part, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you can necessarily attest to it, but when you look at it, I mean, obviously the game has changed into that direction, mm-hmm. 
but also a bigger difference and maybe you can agree or disagree is like these kids now they almost seem to to all play with one another at some point at a young age and so they all get to know each other and so those rivalries that you guys had back in the day with the Lethbridges and the Calgary's of the world and the Red mm-hmm. Deers I mean it, it doesn't feel like it's as hot now just because these kids know each other from eight and nine years old was that necessarily the same for you, for your group or was it still kind of I, I guess segregated in the sense that you didn't necessarily know everyone right off the hop till you got into the league. Uh, well, no, I knew a lot of the guys like playing on on other teams and stuff, and you know, just with hockey, you have summer hockey, you have uh, different AAA teams that you go and play with, and you, you really get a bond with those guys. So I knew a lot of guys that were in Spokane and kind of all over the place. Uh, I think the difference between when I came to the league, that's when uh, Willie really had this change in, in mindset where we wanted to be s- like speed. If you couldn't skate, you weren't going to play. And um, I think the year before, it was it really scared me as a 15-year-old going in and playing. You're going against guys that are 20. They all have beards. You <laughs> barely have a mustache, right? Yeah. And there's... Uh, there's just these big guys that every single time you're playing and they were just trying to take your head off. They're trying to hit you. They're trying to run you every single time. And that's just how the game was. Uh, I think when we went to the Mem Cup that year, we were one of the only teams that were built off of speed and skill. And I think that was our real big, you know, bonus compared to every other team. And the other teams, like I'm not saying they were bad teams. They were really good teams like Vancouver, Calgary, but they were a bigger team. And if you couldn't skate, we would burn past you. Like Darren Helm, oh my God. In practice, I got burnt every time. <laughs> like every time. <laughs> like we were doing this double swing drill. I Every time I saw him, I just said, oh God, like, <laughs> I can't do this, right? And uh, yeah, we were, we were a really speedy team that uh, I think it really, um, when Clouston took over, they, they kept that idea to be a speed team and, I think it, it works really good. It's great. But I think we had that advantage back then when other teams started to catch on and then they started to change their model. Um, like Benfeld, even though he was our big, bad, mean, tough defenseman, he could still skate. And if he if this kid was really fast, he would just grab him and just throw him up against the wall anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, with, uh, with everything, like hockey has changed – I'd say even more so even at the last five years that if you're not working out in the summer, if you're not practicing your skating, that you're not even going to have a, a chance to, to make anything now. And um, back in the day, you could take a summer off and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to say I did, but <laughs> I'm just saying that yeah. if I missed a month because, you know, I wanted to go hang out, then I could, but... <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, no, it's it's changed a lot, and I think it's for the better. It's it is different though. It's like I, I still watch the game now, and just the style I play was just more hit, hit, hit. Um, and now it's not really anything. And I don't know if they're, I don't know, just watching the Tigers lately. That you know, I, I'd be watching. I'd be like, oh, why didn't that guy take that guy in the middle of the ice? Why didn't he go and run him? And I think the game has just shifted, and I think it is good because um, I, I'm pretty sure if I had a brain scan, then you'd see a couple of injuries in there too. But 
it is what it is and <laughs> can't change it now yeah. um yeah. i think we're slowly inching our way to uh to the the stories of the 07 run so let's get into the uh the uh, the whl championship we'll get yeah. to the memorial cup in a little bit so you did get one game in mm-hmm. um played um that was game three mm-hmm. um 44 minutes of penalties in the first four seconds. Um, oh, that was great. Take us through that, <laughs> that and then so obviously cool. everything of the, the 2007 run, the the, uh, the Fog game, and obviously mm-hmm. winning the WHL championship. Take us through the, that uh, that memories, yeah, those memories. That that whole year, uh, it, was, it was a fun year. It was just a great year. Um, we, I think that year we went on a 16 or 17 game win streak, or I could be wrong. That could have been the year before, but hmm. well, we'll uh, say it is now. That's yeah, fine. well, it's sure. Good. We're, yeah. we're good. No one's looking. We, <laughs> we we really we started doing really well. I think we we're in the top ten in the CHL within the first two months, and that's when guys really started to to say to themselves like, "Wow, we can really do this." And and this is coming off um, the the report saying that you guys weren't going to have any chances the same year. Correct? Yeah, we yeah. finished first place. We had the Scotty Monroe tro- uh, Trophy the year before. We were first place. We had Cam Barker and you know all these all stars, and then we lost all of them. And then yeah, we we're told that yeah they might not make playoffs this year. And yeah, so throughout the whole year, we we're I think we just had a really competitive group. We had guys like Dorsett, Stevens, and. Every single practice you had, they would just bring a hundred percent. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we had about five or six fights, even just in practice. And <laughs> you know, they were just, just because guys were so competitive. And it wasn't that we hated each other; it was just guys wanted it so bad. And I think that's honestly what made us so successful. That guys would just go out and give a hundred percent every single night. They would fight each other in practice and hug each other after. And you know, it's just we had a special bond and. By the time we got to playoffs, uh, we knew that Vancouver was hosting uh, Mem Cup that year. And we finished in a good place um, in the standings. And going through playoffs, uh, I think we played Swift. I think it was Swift Current first. And then... um, I can't remember my. I think my actually, foggy. I think the Red Deer was that. Oh, Red Deer, game, yes. se- uh, game, game seven. It yes, was game, game seven. seven yep. So I think that was a very tough first round, actually. So yeah, and that's when uh, Sutter was the coach on right. the bench, and even he was standing on the boards. I remember, and he and you know, the fans are doing the chant, Sutter, Sutter, and uh, yeah, that was a, a hard, hard fought series, and uh, we made it past that, and. I think if we would have lost uh, against Red Deer, it would have been like, yep, yeah, that's the team we know, like, they're done. Yeah. But once we got past that and eventually made it to Calgary, even the Calgary series was really hard fought too. Uh, I think we won the series 4-1, to one, uh, but the, the elation that we had when we beat Calgary, because we knew Vancouver already finished their series. I think they swept uh, either Everett or Seattle or somebody, mm-hmm. and uh, they swept them. They are going to the finals, so... Uh, the team, it was either us or Calgary. We knew whoever was going to win that game was going to the Mem Cup. And <laughs> we were just battling every game. And, yeah, so uh, we beat Calgary. We go to play Vancouver. Um, but the thing about Vancouver is uh, I don't know if people even remember this. We Like, Kendall McCardle was on that team. Yeah. And he got traded from Moose Jaw. Yes. But at the kind of, I'd say halfway between our year, uh, we were playing Moose Jaw, and we had the huge line brawl. And All right. <laughs> we had the huge line brawl, and 
there was just this this hate for the Moose Jaw Warriors and between us and right we we played hard we'd battle hard and Kendall McCardle was <laughs> he was a good player and but he, he was also a weapon oh yeah like he was like, a weapon no. we like okay I'll tell I'll tell this story that we were in the crush can in Moose Jaw and I was playing forward this game <laughs> this is a game where I got ran in the corner and I chipped the puck out Colton Grant goes down the ice and scores a goal. Great. I'm playing for it. I'm excited. Well, the next shift, I dump the puck in the corner. All my team, like, we, they go and change. I'm all by myself. And this guy, this poor guy, he's skating in the corner. I thought it was a lot farther, but apparently I hit him from behind. <laughs> he, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I, I thought it was a lot farther. Anyways, I never saw the video after. I didn't want to see it. And uh, I hit him, but apparently I hit him from behind. He goes to the boards and he had to get stitches. Mm. But as I'm skating for a line change because they got the puck, all of a sudden I feel a two hand on the back of my legs. And it was Kendall McCardle, Kendall McCardle, sorry. And uh, he's just screaming at me saying he wants to go on me. And it kind of escalated from that point. And then uh, I think it was second or third period. That's when there was really that line brawl. And it just, you could feel it. Oh, boy. So that actually transferred to when he went and played with Vancouver. Because I don't think we maybe played Vancouver one time. But they had an amazing team. And... The very first game, um, it was it was kind of back and forth. It was really good, and you could tell it was kind of getting picked up a little bit heated. And then, yeah, that third game, that's <laughs> I think that's the game when oh I can't remember now. I wish I had a be- better memory, but all those hits in the head, right? <laughs> that's when uh, McCardle was right by the bench, and he was actually screaming at Will, and oh. he was saying like how cl- classless he is because Benfield went and chased him down and. I uh, just started to fight him, and uh, Dorset had a broken hand at the time too, right. and uh, and he's playing through it, and yeah, it's it was just it was crazy that the series was unreal, but uh, there was a lot of bad blood between us, and a guy like Milan Lucic, oh my god, that third game I was I was barely out on the ice, I just but watching him skate around, right. oh my, it was insane, nightmare. Hold yeah. on, Shane, we we got we. Pulled up, uh, Corey pulled up the uh, game sheet from okay. that game three. Yeah. You found your way onto the score sheet with a boarding penalty 10 minutes into the first. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. And, and Milan Lucci scored on the power play because of it. <laughs> so who, who got the first penalty in the game? Was that? Uh, so four seconds, four seconds in, it was uh, uh, McArdle and uh, ben F- Benfeld. Yeah. They both got uh, fighting and misconducts, and then also four seconds in, yeah, yeah and then wow. Dorset got a random ten minute misconduct with it. <laughs> well, do you remember what he was doing yeah, at the time? Off, off the face off, and they were just beaking each other and whatever. They're standing at the red line. Then Dorset kind of went skated backwards like he was going to drop his gloves, and then so McArdle dropped his gloves and he was like, "Okay, we're going to fight." And then all of a sudden, Benfield sheds his mitts and just chases <laughs> him down and just starts beating him. <laughs> it was like it was it was amazing and then yeah i've never seen anything like that but oh like just the story with with that whole series like right from game one there was there was so many points where you can remember and it was just an amazing series like you get to the last game game seven and uh double overtime and guys are skating around on the ice and 
trying to clear out fog and it was so hot outside that day and mm -hmm. oh it was just amazing yeah like i wasn't playing that game but uh there was like game seven there was zero seats in the whole arena no there was at the very top in the old rink uh that track around there was i think three or four rows of people so i don't know if the fire marshals are even aware of this <laughs> no but uh not at all <laughs> i'm pretty sure we were over capacity and uh there was zero seats anywhere i couldn't even go and stand by the glass so we actually had to it was me and all the other black aces we were sitting in the room watching the game on the tv okay and just the whole entire time i i think it was jordan hickmott he was wearing this gray shirt and by the end of it it was a dark gray shirt that <laughs> a heather gray <laughs> it was just sweaty and just nerves and uh i remember just guys coming off the ice and taking off their skates and there's like sweat pouring out of their boots and oh my god like it was just a hard-fought battle and then by the time we got to uh second overtime and we're watching the tv and it was kind of a broken play bosch got hit and held onto the puck and he skated down the ice and kind of cut across and then shot but the tv was delayed compared oh. to the reaction out in the stands oh, so no. you know what's coming so <laughs> we heard this, <laughs> this chanting and just this loud noise and we all looked at each other and went no we and then looked at the tv really quick and then we went holy crap and we ran out <laughs> but as we were running out we were going to go to the bench and then onto the ice will comes running around the corner and we basically ran into him and i've never seen him just so pumped he was just just fists in the air just so excited and yeah we ran out of the ice i almost fell probably three times i probably should have done that but oh that was just amazing oh yeah. my gosh like and i wish like some parts are foggy in my brain but like i wish i could go back to that day and it was just amazing it yeah. was phenomenal and i hope one day uh the tigers get to do that again i really do and um maybe this year who knows they they got a pretty good team and um yeah, they got the right coach, that's for sure. So Absolutely. It's one of those moments in Tigers history where I think we all, for me, I know exactly where I was in that moment <laughs> uh, at a family member's house, listening to chat, listening to Bob, and mm -hmm. that's the most, obviously the most memorable call of Bob's career. Oh, yeah. Like, right. I, I remember being in Section 31. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Garrett, I was at the top row of Section oh, 31. So you were part of the <laughs> oh, yeah. three or four rows deep. Yeah. That's amazing. It was, yeah. I, was, I was like in that middle sp uh, spot there that was yeah. like the separated the upper part of sections to the lower half of sections. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. like the third row back in that, amazing. In that yeah. middle section there. That was wild. Oh, it was. Um, well, even when they had the fire extinguisher going out on the ice because there was a <laughs> chip. I'm like, why are they bringing up a fire extinguisher? <laughs> I knew nothing about science. Hey, like... <laughs> Why are they doing this? And then, yeah, it didn't work. And, oh, it was... I hope one day they make that into a movie or something. Like, that would be so cool. They have to. That was... Like, yeah, you're right. It was storybook. It, it was. Like, the whole... Even whatever perspective, let's say, it would take. Like, oh, it was just the whole... Even up to the Mem Cup. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we... We won the championship. Yeah, we partied. We had fun. But then two days later, you're already traveling. You're out to Vancouver. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're taking a plane and on a rowdy plane with a whole bunch of other people i felt bad for them but um yeah we we got there and even that experience was amazing yeah let's talk about it um so you played one game in the memorial cup is that <laughs> kind true? of kind of i played one shift so you played one <laughs> yeah. so that, hey, that's okay. more than we played yeah <laughs> was yeah. that was that during uh, the round robin against vancouver uh yeah it was against vancouver that's the game i think we won one nothing yes. and uh i was playing for it actually that game again okay um, why the one shift? What was it like? Was it a, a specialty? I, no, just I don't. I don't know. Okay. Uh, 
I, I, like, I don't know. Uh, I was just there in case somebody got hurt. Um, I think it was Chris Stevens was hurt or something, and um, they put me in that in that role, and they said that they were going to roll the lines and see how it was, and then if somebody got hurt, then I'd be plugged in. And I remember that shift perfectly. Like, I didn't start the game. Uh, that was the, I think, the first shift. Uh, that's the Lucic. No, that was, no. Yeah, Lucic went down and actually hit Ben Feld or something, and he goes, he changes, and then our guys change, and I finally get to go out on the ice. I was second shift or something. And I remember I skated all the way down the ice to their end, and uh, one of their players had the puck behind the net, and I'm standing in front of the net, and I kind of hit the goalie with my stick, <laughs> like just, just to hopefully make him mad, and he swung my stick away, and then puck comes up the ice and I'm just angling this guy made one hit and then all of a sudden I hear brown change I'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was just I had the best seats in the house it was Absolutely. great it was awesome oh. but yeah it was it was great for me to get out there and and see uh yeah see the game and like that whole tournament was amazing there was guys like uh I think it was David Perron he was on the Lewiston Maniacs, James Neal, he was on the Plymouth Whalers, and yep. there was just talent out there that was unreal. The goalies, I mean, not only yeah. Keeley for the Tigers, yeah. but we got Tyson Sexsmith for the Giants, mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Bernier, yeah, Bernier and yeah. Uh, Michael Neuverth wasn't starting for... Um, yeah, he was the Lewis, backup. Yeah, he was a backup. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, just uh, the pedigree was fantastic to watch. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, and, and that whole tournament, we were treated like kings, and... Uh, that weekend, I got to meet uh, Bobby Orr. He or uh, Gordy Howe. Oh wow! Uh, Gordy Howe came in. He talked to our our group before. Uh, I think it was before the Vancouver game, and got to meet Trevor Linden that weekend. And it was just amazing. If if anybody gets a chance to go to that, oh yeah, it was the best tournament, the most well ran tournament I've ever seen. And uh, we were so close, so close to winning. Uh, the Memorial Cup that it's too bad we didn't we we would have loved to take it and bring it back and uh, but even once we lost we couldn't be mad about ourselves we went all the way to the final final game of the whole entire year and yes you did yeah so like I remember when that run happened like satellite TV was was really at its peak <laughs> it was. Yeah. and yeah. this because what this would have been fucking May June like yeah yeah. I like guess camping season. Yeah. I remember being out in Elkwater and the amount of people <laughs> that had the Bell Express view oh, strapped no. on top of the fifth wheel yeah. was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was insane. Could you feel that, though? Because, I mean, like, technology mm -hmm. then wasn't even close to what it is now. Like, social there was no social media. There yeah. was just phone calls every now and then. Like, you might have been T9 texting at some point in there. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if you were there <laughs> yet. click it four times. Yeah, to get like, the, yeah. fucking why? That's what I want. Why? But... Like, did you, were you, did you get it like a, a genuine grasp of, of what the feeling was like back in the city or were you just oh, yeah. so consumed by what was happening in Vancouver that year that it was just like, the, like, obviously it happens fast. Yeah. We, there was a lot of fans that showed up, which was awesome. Um, there was a lot of fans in the stands that made the trek from Medicine Hat out there. And we even had, I think, uh, this big poster that had a whole bunch of signatures on it from kids and fans and. It was amazing, like just to feel that and uh, really feel even the, the city buses all had Go Tigers Go and everywhere around the city you could just feel it. And yeah, um, my parents actually, they when they came down for that tournament, they drove a trailer all the way from Edmonton to Vancouver. It's probably 
16 hour drive through the mountains with that. And, Holy. Uh, my, I think my dad said he spent 600 bucks on gas alone just for his truck. <laughs> and the campground that they were at, it was just outside of Vancouver. I can't remember exactly where. Uh, but he said when they were staying there, there was just all of these trailers and they all came down just to try and hopefully get into the game. And there was fans from, um, I think it was Prince George. There was fans from uh, Yellowknife all making this trip down that <clears throat> that there was I think there's this couple uh they were just massive Tigers fans and they're from somewhere in Manitoba they said that they met them so wow yeah it's crazy it spreads far and wide this yeah. great country it's crazy yeah I uh, I heard that the plan was to have Rory at the uh the uh, the final game there, but there was talk that the fans in Vancouver are going to beat them up. Oh, and probably. <laughs> Jeez. I, I don't remember right. that. Yeah, I think uh, I think sideshow Bob. I think he made a. Oh, I think he made a. That's a throwback. Hey, yeah, he's still on the Chuck. He's still on the Chuckapuck sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that he was my favorite. He's. Oh, yeah. I still see him every once in a while, and yeah, great guy crazy do we want some uh, player stories or where yeah we i think with we'll, this? we'll dive into it i guess sure. a couple lines or two first thing that comes to mind with certain <laughs> players that go back here in the day let's start with um we mentioned him already tyler ennis mm-hmm. um you talked about just his offensive talent and the way he could completely take over a game what's the first couple of things that you think of when you think of tyler ennis small speedy fast yeah <laughs> and <laughs> cheap we've been teased a story or two about uh, a few of these players is ennis one of these stories lance uh, yeah yeah okay. definitely yeah so even with ennis i i grew up playing against him and we played on the same summer hockey teams and i kind of knew him before he was undrafted and he came to camp and uh when we made the team like when you're 16 <clears throat> Sorry, I was 15 at the time. I didn't even have a vehicle. So you have to set up uh, rides with the the other guys. Bosch would come and pick me up, bring me to school some days. And <laughs> so I finally got a car. It was February that my first year. It was a Mercury Mystique, just a beater. Just a, like it was falling apart. It didn't have any side mirrors, didn't have a rear view mirror. I probably should have got ticketed. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, so I get a car and then I, Ennis asked if I can come pick him up every day for school. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Uh, school started at 9 o'clock, so I got there at 8.30. Well, 9 o'clock shows up. He's still not out of the house. He's still inside. And <laughs> so I go, I knock on his window, and then finally five minutes later he comes out, bowl of cereal in hand, <laughs> no shoes on his feet. He's got a backpack on, his hair's a mess. Then he kind of says, oh, hold on, i got to get my shoes. It's like, man, it's 9, 10, we're 10 minutes late already. Like, let's go. (laughs) Well, by the end of the week, I had six cereal bowls in my front seat. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just ridiculous. uh, A couple years go go by, let's say, and then 18, we're we're out at Subway. He still doesn't have a car, and he's been drafted already. And, yeah, he knows that he has a good chance to make the NHL, and, we're out at Subway. He's like, oh, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> He's like, can you, buy me, can you buy me something? Oh, I forgot my wallet. I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, I got the signing bonus money too. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys know, like when you're 16, you only get like 60 bucks every two mo- every two weeks. Right. Oh, okay. And when you're uh, 17, it's 80 bucks. And then when you're 18, I think it's 100 or 120. And then it keeps increasing every year. Yeah. And so if you have a car, like... 
you're filling up. It's forty bucks. Yeah. Well, there goes <laughs> as a sixteen year old, <laughs> sixty bucks. I only have twenty bucks left. I'm like, I can't buy this for you. And uh, yeah, he's. I, I saw him at uh, the Tigers alumni golf tournament uh, a while back, and. Uh, I think he was even still asking guys to buy him drinks too, and this is after he's playing the NHL. <laughs> uh, I remember. We'll, we'll dive into more players. I remember mm-hmm. your story about uh, an alumni tournament, but it was just like an alumni golf tournament that you were in that you were telling yeah. me about in BC, and there was like some players that were there, like some pros. Like I think we were saying, was it Jamie Ben that was there? Oh, and yes. then and then you were were in the mix there. <laughs> no, no, this was at. Uh, my one buddy's uh my one buddy's wedding right. out in bc and uh he was really good friends with jamie ben and uh i i wasn't i didn't really know him but i knew him uh when I, my time in everett when i when i played there my i think i played 11 games and then i got hurt but one of the games we played Kelowna, and it was a good game uh all of a sudden i felt a cross check on my back and then he i look around and he's like yeah we're gonna fight and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so we fight and i'm still getting grief from all my buddies still about how he got beat up and i said no no i scratched him and i got him he's he's i beat him up <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah and then we're at this wedding and then uh he was there at this wedding and he was buying everybody drinks and uh, went and tried to talk to him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to go here too, aren't we?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, no I don't want to beat you up again." <laughs> suit jackets off. <laughs> yeah, suit jackets off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At least he remembered you, though. The- yeah, yeah. And there's that joke still that uh, my buddies always say that uh, the one game he beat up Jerome McGinley. Uh, I think he was. I can't remember when, but McGinley uh, had like this cut under his eye and. Ben basically beat him up, and so I said the the joke is I'm going to go play for the Flames now. They're going to call me up, and I'm going to go beat him up for them. Retribution. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to do a player? Oh, thanks, Corey. All right, bring the microphone back. Sure. Do a, uh, do a player. No, you mentioned yeah. Ryan Holfeld. Yeah. Uh, you guys talked a lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess like him and you can mix in Keatley in there too yeah because um, I mean you, you obviously spent a lot of time with the two of them yeah uh, yeah Holfi was uh, he was a funny guy um, he was he was kind of quirky that every time we had uh, practice he'd always be the one that would stay out he'd take extra shots or whatever And but he loved to play like forward he'd love to go out and take shots so he was uh he was a funny guy. The the story I have actually about Keatley, I don't I don't know if I. Anyways, he he got sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think his his tummy was a little upset this one time. We were having like a a pregame meeting and watching video in the room, and then his his stomach acted up, and all of a sudden he just ran past Willie and just went to the bathroom. And Willie was looking at him like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, I'm talking here." And then. Yeah, his, his tummy was upset, so we all had a good laugh about that <laughs> as we're trying to listen to video and you couldn't listen. Was he hung over? No. Oh, okay, no. all right, just checking. We don't do not, that. Not, yeah. the, not that type of tummy issue. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, we talked yeah. a little bit about the 07 run, and obviously uh-huh. the probably the biggest goal of the whole run was uh, Brennan Bosch's... Uh, yeah. Double overtime goal. What? Uh, tell me about him. Um, any stories about him? Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a great great guy. He he was a captain once uh, Russ was done, and 
uh, you couldn't say a bad thing about him. He was nice to to every single person. He was uh, basically like a, a like a model Tigers player. If if you could name it, he would fit that role. And uh, he would always pick me up when I was fifteen. Um, definitely at the the start of the year, uh, not near the end of the year, because I I switched billets and uh, he had an old beater car too. And I remember. Uh, there's this one time he had to follow somebody to to find this this house party and his car was like this mazda old beater and we're trying to follow like this pontiac brand new car and (laughs) somehow this little tiny beater was able to find the way yeah it was yeah it was a it was in the same uh category as my mercury mystique and so not nearly as cool no and before every practice we'd always go and somebody would lead like the run that we would do but this run was like a ridiculous run it wasn't just like run around the rink it was like crawl through spaces and like go through people's cars and like just do ridiculous things and so this one time Bosch I think was leading it uh we're going through and then he's trying to open up all these cars as we go and eventually my door was open I didn't lock my car door <laughs> and so <laughs> there's 25 guys just climbing through my car through the back seat and then through the front seat and somehow my my mirror got broke because I don't know something happened but yeah it was just <laughs> it was like I said it was all the all the guys were really good and we had a blast yeah before we get to our next player, I just kind of want to know. So you mentioned that you played a little bit with Russell in terms of a, a combo. Any yeah. what, what? What were kind of the the main combos? I guess as a defenseman, we talked about your your forward mm-hmm. line, but who did you get matched up with uh, on a pairing for the most part? Yeah, for for a lot of the time, uh, it was either Benfield or uh, Russell. Okay. Um, I don't know why they put me with Russell, maybe because I couldn't skate very well. Stay at home defenseman. <laughs> Stay at home defenseman, yeah. They knew mobile. I had zero offense. Mobility. mobility. I've heard mobility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I played mostly with Russell uh, and then, yeah, Benfield. And uh, I can't remember. I think it was Isherwood. Once those guys left, mm-hmm. uh, it was Isherwood for the 18 year. And then, um, but let's say if it wasn't working, then. Switch it, up. switch it up well let's let's start with Russell I guess uh, I mean yeah. he was the captain at one point as you yep. as you mentioned uh, fantastic offensive talent oh. kind of goes along with with many of the Tigers at that time just a little bit about Russell and, and what he meant to uh, to stabilize that decor which was a lot like you mentioned a lot of tough guys and Ben Feld mm-hmm. and yourself and, and the guys like that but also having that diversity to uh, to bring the puck up ice and, and you know skate like for days yeah well I, I hope you're not saying I was tough because no oh <laughs> you wanted to be tough I wanted to be that's tough that's right sure. yeah uh, well the, even with Russell like I tried to to pattern my game after him but there was no way I could even skate as good as he did uh, just the way he could pass skate shoot like it was a dream just to even watch him play every game. Like, he was the nicest guy off the ice too. When I was sixteen, he took me out for dinner after a game, just me and him. And um, he said, "Yeah, get whatever you want. I'll pay. It's all good." And I said, "Sweet." And he gave me hockey sticks. And yeah, I would just literally my my objective was just to pass the puck to him and let him skate. Yeah. And if he got cut off ice, and then I would just be back and stop the puck, and then. 
once I get it, pass it to him, and there he goes. Well, that was a <laughs> so, formula that worked for a long ass time, though. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was the one of the pivots on the back end for uh, for the power play, and him and Schlemko, uh, for sure, was like even Schlemko was lights out. He was so good, and I think he was probably the most underrated player at, at that time. Yeah, as a D man, like. The stuff he could do with the puck was just insane. Like his hands was amazing. Oh, I remember that shootout move. Yeah, yeah. When he did like the around the world backwards and then the one hand. Oh, like yeah, he, he, he had a that. couple that were like I don't even know if YouTube was a thing yet, but yeah. they were YouTube worthy. Oh yeah, and he, his hands were the best I've ever seen. Yeah, and he didn't even try. Like, he didn't <laughs> yeah. even try. Like in practice, I'm trying to practice my skills, and I'm just <laughs> hacking up the ice and. He's just just in your stops and starts on the blue line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the, some of the things that those guys could do, and uh, I even I remember Cam Barker like seeing him skate and just play for the first time. Like I've never seen a shot, a snapshot as hard as that, and I was just dumbfounded. Like I couldn't even get the puck to hit the net from the blue line, and <laughs> he's sniping top corner and. Yeah, like, like I said, like I, I wasn't there to shoot, I wasn't there to score, but I, I sure wanted to. Oh, like those those three guys, they really stick out, and uh, even even Benfeld, like he kind he lived up in Leduc, and so we'd always carpool sometimes for for Christmas and drive up and down, and uh, the one year I can't remember what it, what year it was, but he hitched a ride with me and. He, he apparently got a guitar uh, that that Christmas. And so we're driving down. We get stuck on the highway, and he's passed out in the back seat, and I'm all by myself. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm, I guess I got this. And uh, <laughs> he's cuddling his guitar, and uh, he was just like this big teddy bear, right? He was a big, tough guy, but a big teddy bear. So, yeah. And, yeah, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, Gord Baldwin. I used to, I used to room with him. And he was massive. He was massive. Yeah. He was like six foot five in the, the billet house we were at. He His legs would like hang over the end of the bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was a fucking race car bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that bad. He's like Buddy the Elf. That's how it was. And his legs was like, they were hanging over the edge. And uh, uh, yeah, he had to duck everywhere he went in the house. And even when he was showering and everything, he was just ducking down and He's this big goofy guy, so yeah, it was it was hilarious. Um, we'll, we'll fire out a couple more players in a sec. How many though? Because I mean, like I mean, the guys like like Ennis and Russell, understandably, I mean, with pro careers, it's tough to to try and stay in, in contact because th- mm-hmm. I mean, they are admittedly doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but how much contact have you kept in touch with with different guys that you played with? Uh, it's not too too much. Uh, I see Keatley around the rink every once in a while. I'll say hi and. Um, but mostly everybody's kind of taken off out of Medicine Hat, and yeah, Keely's still local, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got uh, little guys that play Timbits hockey. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like everybody's off doing their own thing, and uh, Facebook isn't really a thing even to to contact somebody. And yeah, it's it's tough to to keep in touch with a lot of those guys, and because especially in my last year. Um, when I got traded to Everett, lost a lot of contact because, yeah, social media wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really even have a cell phone back then. I didn't have a cell phone until I was probably 17, 18 years old. Yeah. 
not like now when my little eight-year-old kid at home has a phone. And yeah. <laughs> different world. <laughs> different world. Right? 100%. When was so. the uh, the last kind of alumni get-together? You mentioned the golf tournaments. Is there anything uh, that, like in the last few years, say, that uh, the Tigers have gotten together with, you know, that group of guys? Or uh, No. Uh, there was one one year when uh, I wasn't here in Medicine Hat. Uh, but since then, yeah, no, nothing Nothing really, no. For sure. Well, Shane's going to be the, the chairman of the alumni <laughs> WHL championship committee. I don't know, make up some bullshit. Um, yeah. One guy that you have probably haven't seen since you played with him is Jakob Rempel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he, he loved dates. Like, <laughs> like those raisins. I don't even know if they're raisins. He had Costco-sized dates. and He was from Slovakia, Jacob Rempel. And uh, he'd always ask for rides, right? Like, whatever. I'd, I'd go pick him up. And he'd always have this bag of dates. And I don't know how or, like... Whatever. So he had this big Costco sized. By the end of practice, they were gone. Like he was eating them on the bench. And he's. Dates. Dates. Of all things. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Is Uh, it fair to assume you haven't had contact with with Rempel since? No, I haven't. I haven't talked to him. That's fair. Yeah. Probably since we all said bye to one another. And I I, I wish I did. Like even. There's a guy from Russia that uh, came and played with us, uh, uh, Provkin, Alexander Provkin. Okay, yeah. And uh, he was this little guy from Russia, and I remember we had rookie party, and he just loved it, like just loved rookie party. And <laughs> he's from Russia. What are they <laughs> drinking in Russia? I was yeah. Say vodka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a whole bottle gone, like water. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Like uh, any time, any meal, they man, yeah. they take that down. Oh, it was insane. Uh, like, that's a good look. Hey, Provkin's still playing. Is he? Where is he at this time? The German third league. Oh, oh wow. Third league. Okay. Good. He's traveling the world. <laughs> Grinding it out. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like so, even guys like that, I wish I'd keep in contact with and uh, talk to uh, Michael Allen from a while back. He's from Sweden. Uh, he's got two girls now in Sweden, and uh, I think he still plays. I'm not entirely sure, but talk to him a little bit just to see how his life was going. And yeah, it's it's just neat to see where guys end up. Like it's it's pretty neat to to tell my uh, my five year old, my eight year old at home, and say like, "Oh, daddy used to play with that guy." That guy on the Oilers? No, you're, you're not a good skater. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be his D partner, actually. <laughs> uh, one guy that hasn't uh, left town is uh, Bob Ridley. So oh, yeah. A little bit away from the players. He's coming up on his 4,000th game. That's um, crazy. Yeah, obviously 50 years with the Tigers. Uh, mm-hmm. What experiences did you have with him? Um, do you have any stories with him? Did you, you get know, on the pregame you... or the postgame yeah. with Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did uh, a couple of times, and... The first time I ever got interviewed was my first interview ever, and he could tell I was a little nervous, and uh, he was asking me these questions, and I kind of blanked on one of them. I just went, um, um, yeah, um, and he goes, I'll ask it again. It's okay. I'll ask it again. I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you, uh, but he was just, he was amazing. Like, every bus trip we'd take, and you could go sit up at the front, you could talk with them, and try and keep them awake while he was driving through the mountains, and... Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy though. Uh, the best story with him was uh, when we won the championship. Uh, he came into the room because we we're trying to trying to get him to come down when we won. We wanted him down on the ice with us, and 
Uh, he respectfully declined. He said he got to do he had to do a show, but once he interviewed everybody, he came into the room and. I have pictures of him holding up the cup and drinking out of the cup, and mm. um, he, he never had a beer with us that entire year. I will say that he no, he's but that night he did. He was he was super pumped, and um, yeah, we're having some some drinks in the dress. Can I even say that? I don't know. Well, you just did. So <laughs> that's okay. You might as well that's expand not, on it. You're champion. Wrong with that, though. No, you're <laughs> yeah, you win a big yeah. title like that. Like oh. that's that's normal. Yeah, and yeah, he was down there with us and. We were we were just so excited that even that night, um, he didn't come out with us, but we went to Earl's and Earl's stayed open until like four or five in the morning. Oh wow! And just because we didn't get out of the rink till twelve thirty, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it, it was just the craziest experience. And I'm glad he was there with us because uh, I think he had it one more time before in two thousand four, and then he was also uh, with the the Chinawiths when they went to the Mem Cup and right. Uh, I'm happy that he can do that because he's gonna he's gonna be a legend in Medicine Hat. He's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, any more players? We only got two boys. Uh, I have one kind of okay. not, not about necessarily a player that you played with, more against. Like who was the toughest dude? Good point. Whether it was someone yeah. that was fast, just a pain in the ass. Like when you woke up, <laughs> then you're like, "Fuck, here we go." Darren Hell, so and so practice today. Okay, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside of practice, because I don't want you to relive that again. Yeah. Just like another guy that you always remember is just being the toughest guy to play against, <laughs> uh, and not not like physical toughness, but yeah. just like. Man, this is not fun. Yeah, I got uh, I got a bunch of them actually. Um, <laughs> my first year, we were playing preseason against Swift Current, and there was this guy. He was probably two hundred and forty pounds. He's five foot eight. Like his last name was Brandon, or his last or his name was Brandon Tidball. <laughs> and I'm I'm fresh, like new. I barely have a mustache. This guy's like a full grown man with a beard. And he was just brought there just to fight. Like, he was an enforcer. Uh-oh. And, like, if you ever watch, like, uh, Goon, that movie, he's yeah. like a Doug Glatt. Like, he could oh. barely skate. <laughs> he was just there just to fight. And I'm there as, like, a 15-year-old, and I made the smart choice to cross-check him in the back. But he just turned around and just laughed at me. I'm like, oh, crap, what did I do? <laughs> so the next face off, he comes, he's standing by me. He's like, I'm going to rip your head off. I'm going to rip your head off. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so he was crazy. And the other, the best player I've I've seen was Troy Brower. When he played, he had 120 points or something like. For Portland, right? Was he on? No, uh, Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, he, he could skate, he could hit, he could shoot, and he could just rip the puck like it was insane. Yeah. And t- I just, I remember waking up and saying, yeah, I don't want to play this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. Uh, then the next would be Lucic. Like I got hit uh, against the boards. It was like a nothing play. I just passed it up. He came, he hit me. But as he hit me, all the air escaped my body. I just went, and <laughs> go to the bench. I couldn't breathe for like 10 minutes. And he was just a big, scary dude. Damn it. Um, another guy, um, I think it was Ryan White from Calgary. I I don't know why. I just I hated playing against him. I I didn't like it. He was he was fast. He was quick. He could shoot. Um, that yeah. Every time he'd get the puck, I'd just be like, oh oh crap, oh crap. 
Yeah, Val, um, um, the uh, the receptionist up in uh, in the the Tigers office. Ryan White is her least favorite player. Yeah. over all the years, she just oh she, she hates Calgary, and yeah. she just remembers back in the days when he would yeah. he would play the the Tigers, and she just hated him. Oh yeah, especially after that series, because he he would go and he'd hit a, a guy pretty dirty and whatever. It's playoffs and. Yeah, I remember talking with Val too after that. And she'd just be like, oh, that, that white. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Um, the other one, um, oh, now it just escaped my brain. Um, mm, there was a lot of guys. Oh, Everly. Everly could dangle uh, out of a little tiny phone booth. Like, he made me look like I couldn't even stand on my own two feet. <laughs> <laughs> he would just backhand toe drag. He would. Oh, he was amazing back in the day. You weren't the only one though to be oh to be like fair, that, right? Yeah, to be fair, yeah. No, he he made a bunch of guys look bad. Hundred percent. So if I could stop him once, I was like, yep, yeah, accomplished. <laughs> Check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. There's so many players that have moved on and playing in the NHL now, and it's it's really it's really cool to see. It really is that even with Helm, I'm glad he has success and. He's still in Detroit, and he's got kids now too, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you mentioned, like just the 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 fraternity of guys who make it to the WHL, mm-hmm. yourself included. Uh, no matter what skill level you are, it's a huge accomplishment and uh, nothing to take lightly. So yeah. um, that is fantastic to see. Anything else, gentlemen? I think we're gonna. Well, last one is uh, like for me is just I mean. Yeah, you don't play hockey anymore, but you took your schooling and uh, you decided to become a teacher, which is really cool. Alexander, right? Yes. Yep. Grade and, seven and nine. Yeah. And Good I for mean, you. that's got to be that's got to be cool. Uh, how many times do you get asked about your your, your glory days? <laughs> I mean, because now you're going to be signing autographs at school again. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I told the one kid that uh, it was probably two or three years ago. He brought in a, my old hockey card and he asked me to <laughs> sign it in class. I said, "Dude, you don't want that. I'm going to actually." Like make the value go down if I sign up. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, couple of kids actually. They, I think it was my first year or no second year teaching there. They they thought they were funny and they uh, they went and they googled my name on online and they found a whole bunch of pictures of me and they posted them all up over the school and <laughs> <laughs> they just made fun of me every day about it and and then they're uh, asking me to play like uh, floor hockey in the gym and. This one day they gave me the worst stick. I could barely even, like, it would flop in my hands. I couldn't even shoot with it. And they're like, you used to play? It's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get out of my face. Your attention, get out of here. You laid one out and showed them. That's how I play hockey. (laughs) You're a luchy chit in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, at school there. A lot of the kids weren't even uh, born then now, right? No. They know that if I tell them, like, oh, cool, yeah, you're cool, whatever you played, cool, whatever, and <laughs> it's not it's not really, if I would say, like, I played now on the team, they'd think, oh, really? Well, they'd be all over that. Right. But, yeah, so it, it doesn't give me any points. I said, I told them it doesn't make me cool. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a cool person. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents, though, if they go back to home after a day of school, they're like, Daddy, Mr. Brown, uh, he played hockey. And yeah. then they go through the old hockey DB or whatever and find your stats and whatnot. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it was actually funny because I was telling them, and there a lot of the kids like video games, right? 
and uh, there was a kid saying, oh, Mr. Brown, do you play like NHL video game? And I'm like, eh, yeah, every once in a while. He's like, oh, did were you ever on that game? Because you know how like you can have WHL? And so I said, no, I, I got hurt in my 19-year-old year. And then the next year, I didn't go back because my hip. And, and then they're like, oh, wait. Wasn't that the year when they came out with the rosters on the NHL? I was like, yeah, don't make me go back to those days. I was so mad. I could have been on a video game. Yeah. Wow. You just yeah. missed it, hey? Damn. Yeah, just missed it. But, yeah. Anyways, now uh, my kids, um, uh, Sogard, he's he's in the video game that they play now. So, right. Uh, they, he actually billets with uh, with their grandparents. So Okay. Um, yeah, so the, the, my kid always plays as the goalie now for NHL and... It's actually funny. That's a cool little... Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. That's super cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Th- Shane, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks we really for having appreciate me. appreciate yeah. it. Reliving that's the great. glory days. For Lance Dahl, Corey Bukowskis, Shane Brown, Colby McKee. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes! <laughs>